Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. Foursquare is a biblical term first mentioned in the book of Exodus. And then lastly, in the book of Revelation. It's in the Bible 10 times. And whenever it's mentioned in its different contexts, it's mentioned within passages of Scripture that pertain to God's redemptive pattern and His acceptance of those who believe in Christ and bring their worship to Him. Foursquare speaks of the fourfold or the four phases of the ministry of Jesus, that His Saviour, Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, healer and soon coming King. And this term Foursquare Gospel was first used by its church's founder, Amy Semple McPherson, when she was preaching in Oakland, California in the year of 1922. And she was preaching from Ezekiel 1, Verse four, a scripture describing the prophet's vision of the four living creatures with the faces of men, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. A man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. Sister McPherson explained how the four faces represented the fourfold ministry of Jesus. And in the face of the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, dying on the cross, in the face of the lion, we beheld the mighty baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. The face of the ox typified the great burden bearer who Himself took our infirmities and carried our sicknesses, who in His boundaries of love and divine provision had met our every need in the face of the eagle, we saw reflected soul-enrapturing visions of the coming King who had come to catch His beloved bride away. Sister McPherson viewed this as a complete Gospel for the body, soul and spirit and for eternity. It's a Gospel that faces squarely in every direction she shared. And in this particular meeting in 1922, as the wonder and the power and the majesty of it enveloped my every being, I stood there and I still and I listened. I gripped the pulpit, she said, shaking with the wonder of all. And I exclaimed, why, why? It's a four square Gospel. Instantly the Spirit bore witness and praise rocked the audience. Thus the name four square Gospel came into being a four-square gospel representing the fourfold ministry of Jesus. And I just wanted to cement as a church, we've talked vision, we've talked our prophetic word for the year, we've talked about our name. I want to give you the foundational four doctrines that underpin the very nature, the DNA, the purpose and the value and the call of our church. And the first number one, and I'd love you to write these down, they're significant or underline it somewhere. I haven't given you anything to underline yet. In Hebrews chapter 13, 8 is the same yesterday, today and forever. So He still does four things. He still has this fourfold ministry. And the first is that Jesus saves. Somebody say, Jesus saves. You know, you read through the book of Romans, Paul writes about the book of Romans and gives us the Gospel in 
just a number of Scriptures. And I'm gonna give them to you from the book of Romans. And this is the mission and the mandate that Jesus still does today. John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. How many know there's no expiry date on that Scripture? As long as you've got breath in your lungs, you can call on His Name and you can be saved by the grace of God. But Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no one, none. I mean, when you're born again, you are, but pre-Christ. There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 adds to that and really gives us the why to what we've just read. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have missed the target. All have missed the standard that God has for mankind. I'm not here to condemn you by saying this in any way whatsoever because the Bible goes on to say in, in Romans 5 and verse 12, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. We're still in the bad news part of this message. And uh, so we've been all born with sin into a sin nature. How many know that that's, that's true? We believe that. But then in Romans 6, it takes us a bit further. We're born into sin, but it gives us sin's penalty. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And in Romans 5 verse 8, it tells us God demonstrated His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So when we were out doing our thing, sons and daughters of disobedience away from God, not living the way we should, not walking in righteousness, not walking in, in, in God's promise for our life, not walking in repentance, sin and, in, in repentance of sin and newness of life, but living for ourselves. He still, as that plaque said that we watched in the video before, Christ died for the ungodly. But how many know that we are made righteous because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that good news on a Sunday morning? Can I, can I just ask you, aren't you glad that while you were yet in sin, Jesus died for you? If you're glad, just take 10 seconds and give God some happy praise this morning. So we know He died for us. But Romans 10 verse 8, what does it say? The Word is near you. In your mouth, in your heart, that is the Word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes uh, on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, the same Lord Overall is rich to all who call upon Him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the Name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus saves. Number two, Jesus heals. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with Him. Bible says in Mark 2, 17, when Jesus heard it, He said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Really, it was that Scripture that caused us to, and caused theologians over the last couple of thousand years to start referring to Him as the great physician. So when I think of a physician, usually they have one area of medical expertise. 
But the great physician, he has experience in all fields of medicine. Can I prove this? Jesus turns water into wine, medical research. Jesus heals a nobleman's son, paediatrics. Jesus drives out an evil spirit from a man in Capernaum, psychiatry and anointing. <laughs> Jesus heals Peter and Peter's mother-in-law's fever, general practitioner. He heals many sick and oppressed at evening, general practitioner. He heals a man with leprosy, dermatologist. <laughs> he heals a paralysed servant in Capernaum. You know, he sent the word and healed him. Telehealth. <laughs> Jesus heals a paralysed man who is let down from the roof, podiatrist. Jesus heals a withered man's hand on the Sabbath, orthopaedic hand surgeon. Jesus heals a widow's son from, the de- from death in Nain, trauma, recess. He heals a woman with issue of blood, haematologist. Jairus' daughter back to life, paediatrician. Heals two blind men, ophthalmologist. Man who is unable to speak, ear, nose and, ear, nose and throat doctor or otolaryngitis. <laughs> Jesus heals a lame man at the pool of Bethesda, podiatrist, many sick in Gennesaret, GP, a Gentile woman, demon possessed daughter, paediatrician, uh, deaf and dumb man, uh, back to ear, nose and throat guy, Bethsaida, ophthalmologist, uh, blind man at Bethsaida, another blind man spitting in his eyes, ophthalmologist, probably a little bit of naturopathy. Uh, <laughs> brought in a little bit of alternate medicine. Boy with an unclean spirit, paediatrician, blind and mute demoniac, ophthalmologist, otolaryngologist, uh, oh, Jesus, that's the one I've practised and still can't get. Woman who'd been crippled for 18 years, podiatrist, man with dropsy, nephrologist, kidney specialist, 10 lepers on the way to Jerusalem. If it was one, I would have said dermatologist because there was 10 infectious disease specialists. <laughs> Pulls Lazarus out of a tomb, still doing recess, brought sight to the blind on the to Bart, Bartimaeus and Jericho, ophthalmologist, and he healed a, sorry, this one's my favourite. He healed a servant's severed ear while he's being arrested. Plastic surgeon. That's why he was a great physician. There wasn't, the book of John says there's not enough books in all the world or scrolls in all the world. There's not many scrolls, so, but, but there's not enough scrolls in all the world to contain the miracles that he did. Joel, he still saves and guess what? He still heals. What he did 2,000 years ago, the Bible says he's the same. Oh, I nearly died. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Oh, I've come to remind somebody that God's not dead in some garden tomb, but He's alive. Death couldn't hold Him. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to every child of God that has a need that says in the name of Jesus, Father, I come to You in faith. If you walked up to the Master this morning, You said, Master, I have an infirmity, I'm sick. You walked up to Him in faith. How long would you stay sick? How long would you stay infirmed? I believe it's time to see miracles like we've never seen before. Why, there's nothing like a miracle to authenticate the Gospel of Jesus. How did Jesus authenticate His deity? How did He authenticate that He was the one who was promised to come? What did He do? He performed miracles and a church is alive with miracle power. 
Oh man, I'm believing that this would be a house. I know I'm getting happy this morning. I'm happy, I believe this stuff with all my heart. Not only does He say, but we've got a great physician in the house. Oh, and His name is Jesus, King of Kings. Just take 10 seconds, clap your hands, nine o'clock, come on. Number three, Jesus saves, Jesus heals. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drink to that. <laughs> baptizes. Matthew 3:11. John the Baptist, he's speaking. He says, I baptize in water for the remission of sins, remission of sins, but one's coming. Mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry or bear. He'll baptise you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let me say one thing. We don't know too much about John the Baptist. We know he was the cousin of Jesus. We know that he wore organic clothing. (laughs) We know that he ate clean. He wore camel fur. And any 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 camel skin, and he ate and he ate uh, wild honey and locusts. He was a wild man. We don't know much more about him, but we do know this: we know his denominational affiliation. He was a Baptist. You say, how do you know? Well, look in the scriptures on all the headings. It says John, and it doesn't say a Baptist. It says. The Baptist, the Baptist, not a, he's the Baptist, John the Baptist. And, and I'd love to be known one day as Dave the Pentecostal. I'd love that. That would be, that'd be a huge honour. But he's saying, I'm John, I'm a Baptist, but my cousin Jesus is Pentecostal. <laughs> I'm having fun, I'm having fun. It's not quite like that, but he, he, said, he says, my cousin Jesus is his Pentecostal. I baptise you in water, but He's gonna get you baptised in the Holy Ghost. And can I, can I tell you, when He ascended to heaven, when that blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of heaven, when Jesus ascended, He, he, he said, I'm not gonna leave you comfortless, but I'm gonna send one who's gonna come alongside to help. And His name's the Holy Spirit. And can I say, Jesus saves. Daniel, if you can come. Jesus saves, Jesus heals. I've never preached that before. Daniel, if you can come, glory to God. Yeah, oh, I need a minstrel. Get me a minstrel. Jesus saves, Jesus heals. Jesus baptises in the Holy Ghost. Do I, do I have any brothers and sisters that have been baptised in the Holy Spirit, that know how to pray in a heavenly language and know how to touch God under the anointing? And number three, number four, and Jesus is coming again. And you took the words right out of my mouth this morning. I don't think it's too far away. I'm still looking one day when that trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I can't wait to, to hear peers in the clouds and makes a show, a demonstration, takes out those, those armies that are out to destroy the people of God in these last days. There's no time to do justice to, to, that, to that point and I'll have to do it some other time. But we sit here today as a church that believe in the saving power of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus, the fact that He still baptises His people in the Holy Spirit. And one day, I don't know when that day is gonna be. I joke about it, it'll be a cloudy day because He has to appear in the clouds. There's gotta be at least one. 
No, two. It says clouds. One day, one day, we're doing new stairs. They're making them a bit fatter. They're a little deeper. It's coming back. You know, don't, don't, don't go, well, what about the other points of doctrine? I still believe in the infallibility of the Word. I still believe in heaven and hell. I still believe in, I still believe in the atonement. I still believe all of those things, but everything I preach today is made possible. And because of all of our, 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 our doctrinal basis, but this is the fourfold ministry of Jesus. Church, hi. We've reinvented a lot of things. We get videos, we get lights, we get screens, we get red keyboards. You know, our stage lights up. It's all, that's all. That's all. I don't really mind how much all that evolves and gets cooler and newer. I'm all happy about that. The only thing I never want to see change is our absolute passion for the gospel message of Jesus. And that's what we preach. So in a few months' time when you walk in here, I see it on these walls. Jesus saves, Jesus heals. It's, it. it's our message. And and I want us to take it to the world. Now, there's things I haven't said today, but I believe that there'll be, we'll have a, I believe we'll have churches in other countries. And I just think we've got to get it right in our city first. Learn, learn what we're doing and uh, crawl before we walk. But I, I believe it's a, new, it's a new day and it's a new day for our church. And, and you know, maybe, maybe for some it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what, I, that, that, that's me. I, I hope that Revival City Church isn't just the name of our church, but it's what you carry. You carry the anointing everywhere you go, the power of God. That's the end of my Vision Sunday message. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 